once I hear the... The Edinburgh Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Yes, welcome to Edinburgh Football Podcast. I'm back behind the mic, so to speak, uh, joined by Ross this evening. It's a, it's a real shame, actually a real shame. Um, Callum's had to, to step down, conflict of interest, given his <laughs> uh, connection now being the, the announcer at uh, Civil Service. Now it's sad, Ross, but we've got to, got to carry the flag now. Going forward, the big man will be missed. Nah, I might get more listeners in. There'll be less people going to civil. I've <laughs> got to hear his dulcet well, tones and his awful music taste. Well, that's it. I mean, nah, I tell you, I, I, like, I like Grubb's music taste. It's got a good taste. A yeah. few, few road trips away with, with Callum, seeing Hibs. We used to have a wee, well, we still do have a tradition. It just depends who Hibs have got on a on that game that kind of usually falls on sort of 23rd of 22nd of December you know those type of games me and Cam yeah. are going to go, go to them and we've had a few good ones down the line and that's uh, what a couple of absolute shockers as well but Cam's music so often <laughs> uh, up on point so I'm um, surprised to see a couple of jibes getting put his way but maybe there's yes, not I, the I was surprised that as well not maybe not the songs that get you up for a get you up for a game of football perhaps but, but there nah, we are no, share, share, share's not the, probably the best to lead to civil <laughs> Exactly, exactly. There's only, only times you can hear Backstreet Boys, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> right, okay, the agenda tonight, we're going to briefly speak about Scotland, and then we'll go Ember City, Lone League, and then Hibs and Hearts, and then our predictions at the end. Um, so, let's get to it. Ross, I mean, I suppose about a year ago, it would have been a year ago, almost to the day, um, you yourself on this podcast said that, you know, hand on heart, you've not always been... Uh, the most passionate Scotland fan in terms of really getting behind it. You almost see international breaks has been a little bit of a, a headache in terms of this, you know, all about kind of hearts in that way, you know, with it, with a yeah. reason. But I, I mean, you amongst many have really in this past year, um, I mean, what more can you say? Steve Clark, what a job. Oh, absolutely. I think, as you said, I think there's, there's many people, similar boat to me, I did see the international break always as an inconvenience. I just wanted club football. I was, um, I think, Hearts, for a period of time, we didn't have any representatives in the squad either. So mm. it was a case of we were missing out and I thought for nothing. But the last year with the results that have came in, with the way the team are playing and the way that I think the whole, he's got Steve Clark in the the, the 11 boys that are on the park, but also that whole squad that are in there it kind of revolving door within that, that it's, they've got a whole nation behind them now. And I, I, I can't remember in my lifetime ever having that. I may be like 98, but probably too young to remember kind of the build-up for these things and if there was yeah. a bit of a backlash before it. But I've seen now, for being 22 years, to now having the possibility of going back-to-back national tournaments or oh, major tournaments you're thinking I didn't think it was possible but hats off to Mike I think I think as well what I'm loving about this Scotland team is um, uh, there's a there is a connection between the fans of course there is you know the, the, the boogie song and all that the way, the way that the nation have got behind that but it's how relatable this group of players are to, to just the common the, the common guy in the street. It really does seem that way. And I, I don't know if it's because, you know, that you, you're seeing them, uh, you know, on podcasts and, and, and you kind of, but 
I, I don't know if it is that or is it the fact that you've got Andy Robertson who's come from Queen's Park and you've got John McGinn who's kind of come through the, the Scottish leagues and you've got Gordon who you kind of, and, 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 and Suter and all these guys, you, you feel really kind of, you can really relate to them. And it's, uh, that, that could be part of it as well. But also, let's be honest, just bringing a bit of success as well gets the fans on board, you know, and, and, and they've done that First now. And by to, yeah, by getting to the Euros, they've got kind of uh, money in the bank, so to speak, with, with, with the Scottish fans. And um, oh, I mean, that was that performance last night. I know that I seen your, your tweet about it, Ross. I mean, it it really was up there with one of the best complete performances I've seen from any team that I've followed. You know, uh, ever it was just it was so good to see. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I don't think Scotland were actually capable of doing that. Yeah. The wee ticky tacka passes around, and what can only be described as a far superior squad than Denmark. I know they were missing players, but Scotland yeah. were also missing a couple of players as well. So it's and a lot of them were on tight ropes with these this yellow card. Yeah, a fortunate ruling, but thankfully played through that. Never got a book in. Which I was very surprised at as well. None of the players yeah. that had done. Yeah. Uh, just the just intensity I think they played at. It was, it was incredible. I've heard that Scotland renamed a couple of times on Twitter, calling us uh, Brazil 1970. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it's encouraging, though. But yeah, it really is. Jealous, I mean, the quality... jealous of Callum being there last night. Yeah. It looked yeah. absolutely bouncing. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 some of the players, you know, I mean, we, we speak about. And I've I've had been slated in group chats before, but for me, the, the likes like Cal McGregor are so so underrated. Uh, him and Gilmore already got an unbelievable partnership. Will take the ball in any situation. What a difference yeah, that makes to defenders. You know, defenders who, you know, I know Suter's got a great range of pass and, and things like. That. And we'll come to him more when we speak about Hearts. Um, but for defenders, just to know they can just pop the ball into midfield to fifteen yards, and they know they're going to retain possession. It's just so good. And again, I mean, where do you start him again? I mean, it's, uh, every every game you see him again, he seems to get better and better. Um, Definitely. Che Adams, you know, I thought he was outstanding last night. Uh, to it's the best. I, mean, before, I would say that's probably the best number nine performance I've seen for Scotland in a long, long time. The way it is held the ball up, the way it integrated other players into the play and stuff like that. Yeah. Even the reflects going over, the reflects going over the defenders, you're like, we're not used to this. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of PE teacher in you here and be all kind of sport, but uh, you know something what I like about Steve Clark. Last thing is um, it reminds me of Andy Murray kind of got in Lendl and how when Andy Murray's coaches used to have when he couldn't win a major, they felt he felt and he came out and said that his coaches and all that and his staff were too emotional. And when he was winning, he could see they were getting really emotional, you know, hyped up. And when he started losing, they were really down. And he never took his game to the next level until he brought in Ivan Lendl, who just kept that really steady, never got too excited, never got too down. And I think that's what we've got with Steve Clark. He's just so level-headed, you know, and I think that's a big part of that. You know, he never, he just so calm, so calm on that yeah, touch. Yeah, he's definitely, he's almost emotionless. I think the only yeah. time I've really seen emotion from him was, was after the Serbia. Yeah. Thing where you can you can lay your hair down oh, for a couple of months before you can then go to the Euros. So yeah, that was probably the only time I've seen it. But yeah, yeah. hats off to Scotland and everyone all that squad last night because that was incredible. It was incredible nice, to watch it. A nice again. I said it before. A nice Scottish club contingent. 
there last night as well. So good yes. to see. Well, I did have to laugh. I saw a video on Twitter this morning, the reaction to the Denmark game. I think it was on that Jeremy Vine thing. I, I don't watch it, so I just saw a clip. There was some random boy saying that uh, Scotland don't have any superstars. We're not going to good players. That's why we've got no players in the Premiership at the moment. <laughs> and there was a quote tweet with about 12 players <laughs> for a Premiership club. So you're like, it's just ignorance, I think, for a lot of them. So Absolutely. So I completely okay. uh, get up him. Well, uh, we'll have Probably a wee... Uh, <laughs> we'll have a wee chat uh, we'll have a wee chat in a few weeks time and we'll find out who we've got in the next round but uh, yeah, back, to, back to Edinburgh football then let's go let's go Edinburgh City um, and <laughs> oh football's a funny game isn't it I mean Friday the 5th of November Ross I mean you go on Twitter and the I've never seen a reaction like this from Edinburgh City fans in terms of questioning management and just questioning a lot of things. There was a real, real negativity. Uh, I, I, I think that's fair to say. And then a week later, <laughs> exact same venue, you know, at the exact same time, literally seven days on, it's a 3-1 win against Stranraer. And it's uh, it all seems it all seems rosy again. It puts them, you know, we're played <clears throat> they played 12 games, 17 points, practically uh, bang mid-table. Um it's just a it's a funny game, isn't it? I mean, I suppose that, that in itself, when we're speaking about um, <laughs> we're speaking about kind of Steve Clark and never getting too up, never getting too down. It kind of it just shows you that you can't take results in isolation. Although a lot of fans will say it's not no, a good enough all season, but it just shows you how, how football can change in a week. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can agree with them to an extent. I think for City, for where they've been in the past, they should be pushing right up there at the top alongside Kelly. They've kind of feathered away at times, but football fans are fickle. They're always going to be that kind of up, down. I think we've got our fair share of supporters like that in either club that we support. So you get them in most clubs. But um, nah, it's good It's good for City to bounce back from that, I think, to get the, almost to get the critics back on their side because it's a big push towards coming up for obviously Christmas time. And then that, once you get to that, you're on the home stretch for the rest yeah. of the season. So you've got a big push now. Yeah, I think, you know, listen to, to Naismith, and I know he's mentioned injuries and, and things like that, and, and I get that, you know, that's, you can't really legislate for that. So you're just hoping that if City can just stay, kind of what we're saying about our Embra teams in the Lone League, about just staying within one or, one or two results of those playoffs. And I, I think if they can just do that, you know, right now they're, you know, two or three points off that. If they can just keep that after Christmas, because in the past, following Embra City in the last couple of years, they've been great up till Christmas. And actually, it's been the form after Christmas, which has kind of tailed off. And they've ended up kind of not going to the playoffs with form. Um, and then they've ended up kind of falling short. So you're hoping if they can just stay within a couple of results. And it'll be a different way because Embra City the last couple of years have been right up there. And I think probably what's happened is expectations got there now. Expectation now from us at the podcast, probably from supporters, is that, We've, we've um, established ourselves now as a League Two team and they've seen Cove come in and go right up and they've seen Kelty come in and are now sitting 10 points they're clear. They're unbeaten still. Yeah, you know, and, and they're, sitting, they're sitting 10 points clear at the top. Is it, is it just getting a bit of itchy feet here that they don't do Ember City, you know, they don't want to stagnate and become a bit of like an Annan who have been in League Two for, it must be over 10 years now. Yeah, um, I was going to say that. Yeah, it'll be longer than that now. It'll be probably 10, 15 years now. They've just been 
they've never gone up. Uh, they've never finished, uh, you know, they've never been down the relegation uh, playoffs since they've come in. So I, I, I appreciate it. I recognise that the, the progress that the club's made in the last, you know, from 10 years ago is incredible. But sometimes these things happen in terms of just, a, you can't just keep going up and up and up and up and up. Um, there's going to be ups and downs. And if they can just stay in the hunt and can they get into the playoffs, even if it is fourth, for me, it's still not a bad season because City are still established themselves. Massive changes. I mean, like you say, there's only been a couple of players that have stayed on at the club from yeah, last year. No, exactly. Big, big changes. I think that's what people forget. People forget that, I think, with the, the massive... The amount of, kind of turnaround that they've had at that club, you, you, you can't expect to... And we, we are guilty on the podcast as well. We're kind of pushing them to kind of do what they should be doing like previous years, but they have lost a lot of experienced players in that. So they've had to to bring out a lot of players and it. it takes time for them to gel, but you're just hoping it's, as you said, to pick up the form and kind of push on for that bit. They're a big push towards the end of last season with Naismith coming in. So you're kind of hoping that they can do it earlier and yep. not have that, that kind of that worry for the last few weeks of the season, are we going to make it or not? You kind of want to be in that place cemented. You can kind of relax a wee bit and try and rest players if possible. But Yeah, it's a big, you know, I, 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 it's still swelling. We're talking 12 games in to a 36-game season. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of football, you know, just over a quarter of the way in, you know, still three quarters of the league season to go. So, um, but it's like that, you know, League Two really is starting to bunch together now because you've got you know second place on 23 um, and then you know City are sixth and only kind of six points off that so only a couple of results from actually second yeah, you know that's all it takes so you know it is tight it is tight and I, I think that three points this weekend would be would go a long way because that would pull in another team I think me and Callum at the start of the season really predicted Stone Albion to be right up there challenging and it's not it's not quite happened, you know. City, I think, I think they drew the City um, early on the season at, at uh, Ainsley Park. I think City were lucky to come away with a point that night. Um, and you know, Stone Albion got good, good players. You know, Mark Laird, of course, a kind of City favourite back uh, in, in years gone by. So tough game away, away from home, fourth bank. Not always been the. I say it every time, you know, even going back to when I was at City back in the lonely days playing still in Unity at fourth bank it was never easy, and it, I, I don't think. City have won there regularly, so it'll be a tough game at fourth bank. But if they can pick up, they can pick up three. You pull on the team that are third right now, only one point above you. So it'll be a huge three points if they can do it. And let's be honest, the form that John Robertson's shown, you know, uh, I can see you smiling there. Just the mention of that name, some hit by me. Yeah, he's been a a good signing because he came on in that Scottish Cup game with a couple of really good goals. Looked sharp, looked strong, physical, and he took his goal fantastically uh, uh, the other night there too, Ross. Yeah, so you're, you're hoping these kind of these are the players that Naismith, um, talking about Naismith, actually his birthday today. I saw that on Twitter earlier. Mm-hmm. But the players that um, the players that he's brought in, he's brought them in for a reason. He, he knows that these players can perform. You've got the likes of Callum Tappen, who's been here, there, and everywhere um, since Hearts. So. They've all got capabilities amongst them, so you're just hoping they could push on it. And it's looking like now we're starting to see the best out of John Robertson coming in at Edinburgh City. Um, so hopefully it kicks on because that's a couple of goals in the last few appearances, isn't it? 
Yeah. Well, and Albion themselves, you know, no winning four in the last. Uh, so you know, a couple of couple of defeats, couple of draws, no winning four. Last win was the second of October in the league. So, you know, City certainly have got a little bit of form going into that. They lost that. Um, is it Biabi? I think certainly had. Biabi, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. at Kelty now, so that right. was a big loss for them, obviously. Coming in because I saw the Kelty squad the other day, and I saw his name in it. I only know he was at Stirling because of football manager, but that's a big <laughs> loss for them, I imagine, because he's he's he always produced goals. He yeah, saw his name on a Saturday appearing, so it's Bikey, is it Bikey or no? Dylan Bikey? No, Dylan I, I may be thinking of someone different. I possibly. Well, I don't know. I do remember Bikey Hughes because he went to he went to Hearts for a for aye, a spell. He was on a aye, weird weird situation that was. Yeah, yeah. Okay then. Um, we'll see. Tough game for him for him City, but if he can't, yes, aye, be tight. Be a huge, be a huge three points. Um, they then play. Um, on Tuesday night, they're away to, to Elgin, that rescheduled game. So that's not uh, not ideal. A few boys have to take time off for that. But to be honest, I think El- a, lot of El- a lot of Elgin's players actually, uh, I think, are in the central belt anyway. So it'll be a, a bit of a level of that. But, you know, two teams that are in and around them. Um, although Elgin have gone on a bad run, I say that. They're actually five points behind City. But again, a team that are that will be thinking about playoffs. So, yeah. Big, big uh, couple of couple of days for or a week for for for, for Edinburgh City. So fingers crossed, two big wins there be go a long way to to uh, taking the pressure off, shall we say? Yes, definitely. Okay, then let's get ourselves on to the Lowland League, and it was well, not very often can we say there's been three from three in the Lowland. It was four from four, I suppose. And God, six from six if there was a prediction league with the uh, with the Scotland oh. game. So geez, oh. Um, well, let's get to it. Of course, um, speaking to Callum before we before, before we've done the podcast, Ross, um, we'll start with, with, with Civil. Obviously, Callum uh, announcing, announcing, should I say, and he, he must have brought some luck. That was a really good uh, three points for for, uh, for for Civil Service. For me, a really good week because, you know, they, they lost to Dalbiti and you're thinking, you know, at home, Dalbiti, again, it was one of those games where I thought Civil... In those 50-50 games, I said, this is where we're really going to find it with Civil because in the big games for Civil, in the way Gary sets up, kind of difficult, organised to beat, and then using that pace they've got up front with Baldies and Coles and things like that, the big games against your Bonner Eggs and things like that, that'll suit them down to a tee. And it'll be these 50-50 games where there's kind of two teams kind of going at it, where it'll kind of go end to end. They will be the games where, where we'll really see what what Sybil are made made of. And when they lost to Dalbiti, I was I'm sure you guys spoke about it last week. Um, it was kind of a disappointing one, and I'm sure that probably would have been the case. What you yeah, spoke about, no, um, but then to bounce back with a win away from home against Cali Braves, and then three points at the weekend, two 0 against Berwick Rangers, who would have, would have tipped to have a really good a really good season. Um, of course, a new manager getting a, getting his first sort of full season at it. Um, that's a, a great you know. A fantastic uh, six points in a row there for Civil, and it just keeps them just right in the hunt for a for a kind of top four top four finish, which would be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't think at the start of the season many would have tipped Civil probably to be at that stage because um, I think over the, the last few years, well, listening to the podcast and then coming on and kind of looking at the results that have came in, they have been a kind of stop start stop start kind of team. But I think this year. 
I don't know what Jordan's doing there, but it's working um, because they are pushing on and they're being, they've been really consistent. I would say probably more professional than anything. The way they've been grinding results out and kind of pushing on and getting getting these three points. Um, even if they are down, they're pushing back and trying to get that draw and just nicking goals back. So I think, <clears throat> but hats off to them. Like, I think, as you said, Benick, not an easy game to have and to come out 2-0 there considering you've not got much motivation with the amount of music that's getting pumped out to try and motivate <laughs> you for it but um, nah, hats off to him I think they had, they had Bryden back as well at the back because mm. he was obviously absent because of the hips uh, COVID situation so he wasn't allowed to, to play or train with the club as either so course, that was yeah. a wee boost for them coming back into that as well so uh, it's a big big game um, big game of the weekend for them coming up so you, you're kind of hoping that they they push on in the cup and just keep that feel good factor because you've got a big obviously Scottish Cup's coming up around Peterhead coming up at home um, announced the tickets for that so I think I'll be going along to that one just to try and try and get a civil game in at some point <laughs> I've been a bit lax today so with that one so it's, uh, I'll get on to that but yeah as long as they can keep that feel good factor up and try and keep keep the goals coming in. Um, ideally, if they can sh- keep sharing them amongst themselves, not have a loo just to constantly be relied on. So, but. <laughs> no, I think you know, and I, I keep saying it. I mean, if there was a budget leak put up and uh, and all that type of things, you know, if you do it that way, civil are punching so so far above their weight and I don't even and for me it's not and I, I, I know Civil won't care about that because I, like, I know that they'll, they like to play the undercard and I'd probably do the exact same but for me in terms of at this level they do not get enough credit for me because the job no, that, they're, that they're doing um, I mean it's just incredible I mean the likes of Berwick Rangers some of the players that they've got you know Graham Taylors Alex Harris John Sinclair uh, Lewis Allen these are players that have played league football recently, yeah. you know, and then several are pulled together under twenty one players. I mean that, that that's that, that that's the difference. But yet you find a team um, sitting fourth in the league, um, whereas Berwick are you know eleven points behind them. You know, it's just see, you know, it's just quite incredible. Same game, same games played. So uh, incredible, incredible job they're doing. But of course, yeah, exactly. Only halfway through the season, you, you touched on that there. It's, um, I think, if I'm right, it's the South Challenge Cup this weekend in terms of the actual competition. I know who they've got. I just want to double check the competition. South Challenge Cup. So it's the biggest cup at this level, Ross. It's the one that everybody wants to to win. Notoriously in the past, it's been the one where the final's been held at a, a kind of league ground. I don't know if that's off the top of my head. I think it's that's kind of become less so in recent times. But I think we got to the. And I was at City, we actually had three even a semi-final and we ended up getting Spartans at Tynecastle. So notoriously it was played at a played yeah. at a, a, a big ground. So it's always the big one that everyone kind of strives for. It's the biggest trophy you can win. So they've got three Rovers um, this weekend. Away from home, always loved going down there. And every time we went down there, Ross... Uh, what, you know, I think down the border, sorry. Aye, aye, down, down, uh, oh. down, down kind of Dalbiti and, and, and Dumfriesway. Um Every single time I went down there, I always love to pull this stat out. So I'm going to pull it out one more time. Every time our teams play three, this stat, stat gets pulled out. So I'd stand in the centre circle and I'd turn to the stand and I'd say, what do Edinburgh City 
and three rovers have in common about the stand. And if you remember Meadowbank, they also had white seats at the back of Meadowbank stand. There's a random about 200 white seats at the back of the old Meadowbank right. stand. And three rovers also had white seats in their stand. And those seats were from Love Street before it was demolished and they were donated to, to, to grounds. And uh, so there you are, wee bit of Wee bit of uh, that useless information. I'll never eat. <laughs> 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 if, if it's ever, if it's ever, if ever it's comes up, pub quiz, I'll be fine. Pub question, yeah. What, what's, uh, <laughs> what the three rovers on Embrace City have in common with Simmering? I can imagine your teammates used to love that one as well. Every time. I remember at least to go, Christ's sake, stuff, not that story again. But no, no. Always <laughs> pin down, always pin down the new, new sign-ins. I knew they would definitely not know that stat, but there we are. Um, no, listen, I think three have, have signed... I think they've actually got a, a former goalkeeper used to play against as now their manager, if that's still the case. To be honest, I've kind of fallen out of touch with the South of Scotland League, um, if I'm honest. But you would think that uh, the Civil, of course, will be favourites here. A team sitting fourth in the Lone League will go down there as favourites. Yeah, I, he would very much think so, but you don't want Civil to get complacent with that kind of that line of thought. So you're hoping that they just keep it professional as ever and just get those... Keep what say three points. It's a bloody cup. We can't get three points in a cup. Just get round to the next stage. That's what you need. Well, you know what? It'd be nice if, again, we say it. It'd be nice if Civil could just go on, and all our teams actually could go on nice cup runs because we've not really had many. I know that Spartans won a cup mm. uh, a couple of seasons ago, but notoriously we've not had really good runs. There's not been many semi-finals that we've kind of been able to go to or final. I think we've only had, literally had one cup final. Yeah. So it'd be nice. Just managed to get three. Uh, just just been the main like, teams. Just been Hearts and Hibs that have had that for us. That's it. So it looks like um, you know Thieve, uh third in the league, four points off top. Uh, St Cuthbert Wanderers always decent, actually a decent side. So you know, you know, a, a, a top end uh, side in the south of Scotland, but you'd still got to fancy uh, civil service going down there. Okay, on to Edinburgh Uni, and you know what? What oh. up again? What a win again! You know they they just they just they just keep getting better and better. And I know they lost to Berwick in the previous game, but last weekend Cumbernauld Colts. You know at that point, Ember Uni were only a point above Cumbernauld, so you're kind of thinking a team right next to them. Cumbernauld, of course, for some of the players that they've signed, they sent a couple of boys from East Colbride. Um, a team that have really kind of gone backwards this season. I think they'll be disappointed, but nonetheless, a fantastic win. And I said at the start of the season. The difference for for uni this season will be Spellman and Lawson and the goals that they'll bring, and they both bagged a brace. It's no rocket science, is it? If you put good players up the uh, park for goals, you're going to pick up more points. No, nah, definitely. I, th- I think the season both of them are having it's been pretty incredible. And I think, to be honest, uni, I've, I'll put my hand on that. They've shocked me this season. I didn't expect them to do absolutely hee-haw. Um, but... Hats off to them, I think, especially coming on Colts. You're expecting them to kind of, no disrespect to uni, but you're also expecting them to kind of walk over them. Similar to, I suppose, in a similar to way to the East Colbride results and stuff like that. No one's kind of gave them a, a second thought for getting results there, but they went out and done the job. So it's massive, massive kudos to, to uni for this season. They've always kind of been loitering at the bottom of the league with them, um, with Vale, but They've also pushed, they've just pushed themselves away from that and kind of getting away from that now. So it's massive credit to them. So long it may continue. 
No, absolutely. It's nice having good things to speak about all that. No, it is. And, and, I mean, for me, just... Just think, just think, and incredible. You know that that's them now. I think that's the best or the the better their, their their league tally in the last few years. You know they've put massive gap between it, and we see it kind of regularly. That the longer that they're in the lower league, uh, just is, is just the better. And you know they can't go out there and, and sign whoever. And the league's getting stronger and stronger. We we know that with, with the players. So, but for me, you know, nineteen points, twenty games, um, just. Fair play, Dorian. You know, and that must be such a hard job. Um, I think that again, one of the hardest jobs. Again, you know, you kind of don't know what you're getting, and imagine that the setup of, in terms of the makeup, go to, in, in terms of probably COVID issues and things. You know, being students, you expect them probably to go out and to yeah, nights exactly. out and, and all sorts. You probably think that are probably one of the worst affected, to be honest. You think about the age group that, that seem to be getting the most cases and things like that, you would, you would think that, that actually these, but this could actually be one of the teams that are most affected. I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't think I've been wrong in saying that. You would expect that the, the nature uh, you, of... You would, you would think that, to be honest. Yeah, you know, and again, sharing flats with probably three or four other young lads, etc., that are probably going out clubbing, etc., etc. It, it's going to probably bring bring uh, difficulties yeah. there so in terms of COVID so listen fair play to them um, Spellman and Lawson what a season those two are having and, and long may it continue it's um, not to be confused with another team in the league it's Vale of Leaven for them uh, this weekend yes, I know that you I made uh, that mistake you made that mistake and that was in type that you even made that mistake would you believe um, you didn't yeah. even hear it you just seen it and you didn't even pick up on the misspelling um, so Vale of Leaven this is all Vale yeah, real. I've been trying to dig out uh, a league table of some sort, but I can't even find one. For five, mate. No, no, they're not. They're not. Or maybe no. I actually think they're from through the west. Not to not to be confused with Loch Leven. I think that you're thinking of. I think they're, they're I was through thinking the west. Leven. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're through the west because they've got the likes of Vila Clyde and Newton and Lanark. Long, ever. Ah, yeah, you're, you're you're having one, mate. Um, so, we one of your geography ones. To be honest, this this could this could be anything. If I'm quite honest, I mean, I, I honestly don't. You just do not know. It's a team I've never come across, never played against. Um, Surprising. Honestly, I, I really, really just uh, don't know. I mean, I'm on their website just now. I'm under squad, and it's got appearances, bad boys. And discipline as the three categories there under squad. So I'm not quite sure how bad Aye. boys. And right, discipline... so I'm definitely going for uni on this one then. I don't know how bad boys and discipline. I've got separate. Uh, I've got separate uh, categories there, but uh, maybe bad boys. Yeah, it's got uh, a sent off tally anyway. Uh, in it. But uh, there we are. Um, although it dates back to 1968. So honestly, it's what's going on. It's got every sending off. Safe to say that. to say that. No, I need to update their websites then. Well, every every sending off back to 1968. Fantastic. There's a start for you. There's a start. I'm sure Callum will be. I'm sure that's right up Callum Street. He'll be right through that. Looking at Vale of Leaven's bad boys. There we are. Right, on to, uh, on to Spartans, and it's been a good week for them as well. Uh, if I'm honest, it was a lot closer than I thought at the weekend, but a win 
late in the day against Celtic midweek, but that's been done that twice now over yes. Celtic. In addition to again, actually, done it twice over, over Celtic. So a big three points there. And then they, they back that up with a, well, a closer than expected win against Vale uh, of Leithen. Um By all accounts, the pitch was an absolute state. Uh, Vale had 11 men behind the ball, still managed to score, but had 11 men behind the ball for the whole game. And Spartans just should have won more comfortable. But listen, done the job. At the end of the day, Ross, it's three points in it. It doesn't matter if you win. Right. 10 0 5 10 0 5 I think too many teams are going into these games now against Vale because I've seen Bonner getting 12 0 off them and the other teams pushing getting pushing double figures. I think everyone's probably looking into that now, thinking it is a disappointment if we don't score six, seven, eight against them. But three points is three points, doesn't matter, keeps you within contention at the top. That's it, and you know, the, the, again, we see it. They've, they've fallen a wee bit behind. I think me and Callum said, or, or, or certainly on the podcast said, kind of keep within one or two results of, of top and just kind of be in that title challenge. And they have fallen, you know, 11 points behind with, with that defeat um, a, a few weeks ago. But listen, all they can do is just keep winning and hoping that, that Bonnig will slip up. And it, and it, I've said it before, Bonnig, although they've got a really good squad, I, I do think they should see this out now with the gap that, they, that they've got formed. Um, it is an older squad that they've got, and you just don't know um, injuries this this time of year when the pitches get a bit heavy, suspensions might build up, all those things. You just don't know. You just don't know. And um, yeah, I don't know true. how big a squad Bonnerig have. I know they've certainly got a really good sort of 14, 15. Um, beyond that, if they do get three or four injuries, have they got that depth? I don't know. I'm just, you know, a bit of naivety for me. But Yeah, definitely. It's it's important as well, you know. They signed Sean Brown. I don't know if you and Cal, if you and Cal spoke about it um, last week. They signed, they signed Sean Brown, coming in from from uh, East Fife, used to be at uh, Shire um, and Cumberland actually before that. So so Sean Brown comes in and hit the ground running, chipped in with a chipped in and, uh, with some goals. Apparently playing pretty well, physical, energy. Um, what is he about? Striker, yeah, striker. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, offer something a little bit different up top for me. You know, Blair Henderson, who's you know, he's penalty box. You know, he's big, he's strong, he's physical, but he's a good. I did sport. watch that with uh, Subo's interview. Yeah, Subo's when he beat his uh, Kiwi Uppy record right. as well. But he also <laughs> said he's the laziest. He said Blair Henderson, he just moves, doesn't move out of the six yard box, but he knows how it's going to go. That's it. So That's you know, for, for Sean, a bit a bit a little bit more um, kind of work rate. I suppose it's a bit like yeah. I suppose not not the same stature, but it's a wee bit like a kind of Chris Boyd and Kenny Miller sort of yeah. combination. We're, we're, we're kind of um, potential for that. So, and I like that. I like. I think you know, competition is so so important uh, for for places. And you think all the best teams in the world, um, from the best teams in the world, sorry, all the way down to the very bottom amateur league. You need to have competition for places because yeah, if players absolutely. know if players know that they're guaranteed a game and there's nobody there that's chomping the bit to get ahead of them, then then guys, there's no and I think that's what Hibs' problem just now is for certain players. They just know they're guaranteed a game every single week, and it, it can become easy just to 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 to, to, to kind of lack. So I, I like that. I like Spartan still trying to bring players in, still trying to keep that competition, keep boys on their toes. Uh, I like it. So good on them. Um, for them this weekend, it's Haddington Athletic. 
Oh, it's a, it's a trip down memory lane here. Let me tell you, what a, what a podcast you've got yourself in for. Believe it or not, I was 17, went on loan to, to Haddington Athletic. Did two years there when I was at East Fife. Uh, East Fife got rid of their, got rid of their 19s. And uh, a few of us got kept on and got sent on loan to different junior teams. And Haddington Athletic were the unfortunate ones that got me. Um, so for, for, for two years. And uh, I loved it down there. Great, great club. Um, great people. Uh, down there so and I'm really glad to see them because they, they had a few years where they were kind of pushing to maybe get kind of Premier if I think they got into the Premier but kind of pushing maybe to get in the Super League um, and then they just kind of had a bad couple of years again but they seem to be turning it around one of my former teammates is in there now assistant manager I think Giggsy um, and they just seem to turn it around they had a decent Scottish Cup run they picked up that really good win against Oh, they picked up a really good Scottish Cup win again. Was it? Was it? Was it maybe BSC? Actually, was it Broomhill maybe in the Scottish? I think. I think it maybe was. Right. Um, and then they then got they then got breaking um, in the in the Scottish. I know that I know they got beat, but it's um, you know really good club. So glad to see them doing well. And this will be a, this will be a tricky one for Spartans because Haddington will see this as a real a real opportunity to kind of to kind of maybe make a make a statement, I suppose. Um, because you, you kind of see Spartans notoriously one of those teams you know I suppose historically being a big team in the kind of east of Scotland and then they've picked up a few lone league wins so the types of teams that are around this area know all about Spartans they know the name Spartans so yes, well will be really 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 this will be almost a cup final for them uh, aye possibly it's, I think as you said it's a big team that the vast majority of those teams will, will want to play against and they'll, they'll see that and look it out from early doors and want to test themselves because I think everyone with being with being uh, the lowlands I think everyone's that's what these teams aspire to go to and they're yep. wanting to kind of test themselves out at that level so it's it's only natural that these teams will want to kind of push on and, but as you said they'll make it difficult if considering what obviously uh, Spartans had to go through recently with that game we were saying 11 men behind the ball mm. you're kind of expecting it to be the exact same when it comes to this game so we'll see how they get on yeah see how uh, it pushes I, I, on I stand corrected Scottish Cup this year that was Broomhill actually last year in the Scottish Cup this year they beat Devonville. they drew in the first leg and then beat Devonville on a replay which is a big win you know oh, right. a Highland League Highland League side and then they, they did come unstuck against Brecon uh, of course, but we can are quite up, you know, high up there. But you know, tough game. I think it'll be a tricky game. I still think Spartans, of course, favourites would expect Spartans to win. But it's one of them. If Spartans just maybe putting up an off day, an off performance, this could become quite quite tricky for them. I think Grass Park as well. You just don't know what weather's like at the end of the week. It makes it a little bit heavy. And, and to be honest, a lot of teams in the Lone League play an Astro, and you, you sometimes do get used to that. So when you go back to Grass. Uh, especially if it's a heavy day you kind of go geez, this is what it's like again I forgot about forgot what it's like to play a really heavy part you know so um, yeah time will tell but yeah I, I think we'll touch on that really nice uh, nice little piece that uh, Bobby and when Nwanzi did uh, last week on the on the Spartans uh, on the Spartans game and, and nice to see uh, Subo getting in there and uh, yeah setting his keep you up your record amongst anything one thing though I have to say the questions you know great questions however Harry Potter or Elf? I mean, that's like, for me, comparing... I, I didn't know how they compared together, but I'm still <laughs> shocked they picked Elf over Harry Potter. I wasn't happy with that one. But it was yeah, also it's good, to like... see, uh, good to see Eddie Malone getting interviewed in there as well. I didn't know Eddie was 
running the Undertaker or the East team. I yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's been doing that. I knew he was going to help him out there. So, yeah, he's been down there, been down there for a, for a few years, uh, helping out. But uh, yeah, good little piece, and it's nice to see that the Lone League continuing to get its uh, its recognition because it's a it's a really good league. Um, I okay, on to on to the, the the Hibs and Hearts. Then I think we'll, we'll go. We'll just go Hearts. We'll just go Hearts. Yeah. And I think um, you know I. I uh, Probably, you know, I'm not going to, of course, I don't sit here and I watch highlights and things. And, of course, the season that Hearts are having, um, I've not had to see defensively a lot of action because of the way that the season's been going so far. Um, but I watched, as Hibs fans often do, that they see the hype around certain players and they go, all right, OK, I'll believe it when I see it type thing. Uh, but I watched John Suter um, last night and it's funny because... I actually seen uh, John Suter about yeah, two years ago, let's just say for a, for a time frame. And I've seen him actually in a vet, right? This is what it comes down to. Because I know he's got dogs and I know there's been newspaper yeah. articles about that and stuff. I actually seen him in a vet and I sat next to him. I had a few, we kind of just chatted a wee bit. Um, nothing too much. But, you know, obviously a big guy and I obviously got presents. But seeing him last night and listening to reports that apparently Craig Levine was saying that he's used this second injury, and I think you know, that's him himself to say that he's used this time to really take his game to the next level in terms of his gym routine and getting bigger and getting physical. And having seen John Suter play before the injuries and seen him now, he's, he's you can tell that he's just a total presence, isn't he? What a, what, a, what a specimen. What a specimen. And it, you can tell that has taken his game again to another level. You know, he's playing against up some big boys at Denmark had up front uh, last night. And he's just, he, he's, he, and what a difference it makes, you know? And and there's no surprise for me, if I'm honest, I'd be nervous if I'm, a, if I'm a Hearts fan that he's not seen a new deal yet because I think teams down south see that physicality that he's got now. Yeah. They see that he's able to really put himself up against big, big strikers. And that's what happens down south. Um, so, you know, John Suter... As a Hibs fan, you know, fair, fair play. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think, as you said, I think the setbacks he's had, he's shown great resilience in himself to coming back from each time. He's almost got better. I think when he came back in, Hearts were desperate for him to come back in at that point. And he's came in, he's like a Rolls Royce of a, a defender. He just comes in and kind of strolls these games. But you say, I yeah, about the physicality, I think that's one of the main things between Scotland and Eng- English leagues is the physicality side of things because yes you don't get as much time up here but I would say down there it's probably a lot more physical at times and stuff and you, you see that the gym routines of certain players and what the, the kind of the professional requirements are for these clubs and I think he has pushed them there through his brother being at Stoke as well I think that's probably gave him a bit of an insight to where he kind of needs to be yeah. I don't envisage him signing a contract Personally, at Hearts, I would love for Hearts to do what we did with Craig uh, Gordon before he went to Sunderland, offer him a bumper deal with the kind of knowledge that he is potentially going away. So we will accept a big bid for him if he goes, because if he goes, you can get a pre-contract in January mm. to leave a peanuts. Maybe we get a hundred grand or something. Someone maybe goes from there. Or how would you? How would you feel? How would you feel as a as a Hearts fan? Because um, I'm I'm like you know what. John Suter has had big, big injuries. He knows as well as anyone, because often the saying is, you know, and you, how many times you heard this saying from people saying, 
all it takes is one in, one injury and that move is no longer is no longer there. You know, for yeah. players, and you, you know, you might just stay one more season at Hearts, and then he might and somebody or, or, or any any team having one more season at Hibs or one more season at Dundee United, and people say oh, they just need one more year. But see when that big 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 deal comes up from down south when it's a player, and for all that John's suitors been through, this might just be his chance now. You know, oh, exactly. And, and I've got no qualms if he goes. How, how do you think Hearts fans will will will, will they see that? Hearts have stuck by John Suter through these injuries, or do you think actually he'll go with a? You know what? You deserve this. Uh, you'll get a split. People sitting on the fence with that. But unfortunately, you'll get people that will see him going and for potentially nothing. I think it's a similar situation with the Callum Patterson side of things. When Callum Patterson left, because I think Hearts have been off of money at the time, and he had that injury, but he left. Mm. Thankfully for Hearts. Um, Callum Patterson wrote into the contract that there was a sell-on clause that went to Hearts because they didn't get anything. I saw yeah. a few things on Twitter today and Hearts have almost, I think fans are almost demanding that he does something similar. Now he's in absolutely no need to do so. Yeah. But I think it possibly would be a nice touch considering that what Hearts have stood by him for the injuries and kind of helped him through the rehab and everything like that. Whereas probably other clubs would have dumped him at some point. And just but Hearts paid the money for him a couple of years ago. We've seen the potential in him, and he's pushed on. Personally, I wouldn't have an issue with him going. Yes, it's a disappointment that we could potentially leave our lose one of our best players for yeah. absolute hee haw. But I've seen it so many times before. I kind of you almost come accustomed to. It. You don't get the days where, well, Hearts and Hibs certainly don't get teams coming in like Celtic and Rangers and pushing six, seven million on for a player that's not even at their best ability, that's maybe not even in the the first team plans. But Hearts and Hibs don't get that. We get seen as peanuts. You look at the St. Johnson Cup winning side, a lot of their players like Ali McCann, Kerr and stuff like that, they went for almost nothing compared yeah. to what they probably should have went for. So it's yes, it's disappointing, but I think the main thing for him is that he pushes on and, and sees his potential. Because you look at McGinn, McGinn made that move down south and he has pushed on massively since then. Started off in championship and he's went straight up. So you look at that, you're thinking Suter has got the ability to do so. He's got potential, no I, doubt. I would, I, I would absolutely love for him to do that and see what yeah. is what is what can the future hold for him. Yeah. Because I, I think Scotland now have a right sided centre half. Mm. And I don't think we need to just put in Scott McTominay in there or kind of fluctuating with that or Hendry and stuff like that. I think we've got a ready made one in there in Suter. Yes, yeah. it's been one game, we got Manny Match, but don't we? shoot the gun a wee bit but I think that's as long as he performs like that I don't think there's many people taking that position off him mm. so yeah it's, it's his, uh, listen it's his, his, his to lose now he was the last one in so it's uh, he's did, definitely did his, aye did his uh, did his aye uh, well, no, no, yeah, no, no harm at all no disgrace last night outstanding absolutely outstanding um, okay hearts themselves um, great win last time out against Dun United five goals uh, good to see this weekend away from home Motherwell um, who were great in September I think and then had a poor October I think that's the right way around I can't quite remember yeah I think that. so I'm not, I think you're right actually Alexander well, got, got hammered off hammered off Rangers yeah. last time out yeah so they've got potential They've got potential, I'd say, Motherwell. They've got potential players that could cause problems. Tony Watt had a, having a good season. Van Veen, physical. 
you know, puts himself about, uh, and a few others that can cause problems. But again, you've kind of got to think Hearts, Hearts should look at the target. This as three points. You speak historically. I know that Motherwell and Hearts have had a wee bit of a thing uh, through there. I know that Craig Levine spoke about that a bit going through a Fur Park. I think there's always been a bit of a uh, hard place to go for Hearts and a bit of kind of needle in that fixture. Oh, yeah. tough, but again, you've kind of got to think Hearts have got to be targeting three points here. Yeah, I, th- I think the last time we played them was at Tynecastle. We, I think we scudded them. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm confident that we, we take that that kind of knowledge and understanding there. I think Stephen O'Donnell's missing that game for them. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for them. In fairness, hmm. um, after his raid against Rangers, so I Hearts have got to push on. I think they've got, they've got that wee rest now I think with the, the people can push back you're hoping Boyce will be back in that squad get him started again and I think the fact that there's over 3,000 tickets sold for Hearts and it's going to be a massive boost for them as well you're coming out of a park you just hear that roar from the Hearts fans or Hibs fans or wherever whoever you're playing I think that does give you a massive boost for there because it is it's a tricky tricky place to go the, the pitch has never been looked the best at times kind of fluctuates all the time so I, I'm just hoping it's it's a good job we do through there and just make sure we keep the pressure on yeah. Celtic and Rangers unfortunately we slipped below them so yeah, just keep Sorry, it on I that think, yeah Motherwell the, uh, it was a terrible October um, actually started with a defeat against Hearts I think uh, but they actually beat Aberdeen last time out forgot about that away from home a good three points of them up there but so that did, did come off the back of a 6-1 defeat to Rangers. So you just don't know. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see. But you've got to think Hearts go through there. Hey, I'm conscious of time, so let's get uh, let's get on to Hibs. Oh, and you've it, got semi, aye. Yeah, semi-final. And it's kind of... For you, as a kind of... Well, a kind of semi-neutral, I suppose, in this in this one. <laughs> um, I think you probably kind of want both teams to lose, to be quite honest with the, <laughs> the kind of nature of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this the goalposts have changed with this one now with no Gerard total change? Nah, nah I, I just think that he's on a bad run of form, and the fact mm. that he's have had two games off hasn't helped for any situation. It's not like there's been two games for random reasons because of an injury or COVID. That's a life threatening disease going through the squad. So you're thinking that's not helped. I think I read somewhere that Dundee's get there's a bounce game on Dundee tomorrow, I think it is maybe, or during the week or something, just to try and get his game time. But the first thing that popped in my head was the cup final. When you played them in 2016. Mm. But they didn't I think they had like a game against it was Tottenham or something like that. Or something. Something, yeah. And yeah. they had it's cuffed them and it's not great. But yeah, you're thinking with the Dundee side. If they can get a result there, potentially behind closed doors, that gives them a bit of boost. But I don't think you'll see much change with the Rangers side. I think the the yes, there's a, I think the whole coaching staff is away now. And from what I've read, that Defoe stayed there and there's a couple of other boys there that are helping out. But the players are professional there, I think, enough to know what they what they need to do. They they want to keep pushing that league on. So mm. I don't see this looking very well for Hibs, personally. Mm. But who knows? We'll see what happens with it. But it's it, as you say, Hamden's a it's a funny place to go with teams that are maybe down on luck or think yeah, they're too confident the, and stuff stranger, like that. So stranger things have happened, haven't they? Let's be honest. Stranger things right. have happened. You look about almost almost a year ago, we're approaching a year ago, 
Hearts went to Hamden against Celtic, who were chasing a quadruple treble, and Hearts were a championship side, and Hearts should have won. <laughs> I mean, yeah. was, yeah, definitely. So you just, you just, you, you just never know. However, I'm with you. It's not like Hibs had a few injuries. There was COVID. The implications of that with self isolation in terms of having to probably train in your house if you were well. I'm guessing if you have yeah. contact, you'd obviously be feeling well if you're a close contact, but you'd be training in your house or your back garden. You're not able to go out. Um, if anybody had been unwell, then you've obviously got the, the the impact of that, not being able to train. So it will be interesting to see what head squad is like at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, the worst time that this possibly could come for Hibs and yeah. yeah. However, with that, is there a bit of unrest in the Rangers camp? Well, I we'll suppose we'll find out on Sunday afternoon. You know, that's Aye, only exactly. good um, but I think you're right. Four it's o'clock, isn't it? Four o'clock on Sunday. Um, tough you game. Uh, no, I can't actually. I can't. And to be honest, uh, would you have went? <laughs> would I have went? Uh, I've never actually been. Uh, I've not been to many semis, to be honest, as a Hibs fan. It's more mainly the fighters got the big games. Eh? Uh, <laughs> no, I have been. I have been a few. I have been a few. Um, but normally my luck at Hamden shocking until 2016 but I suppose every Hibs fan has probably got Hibs a similar uh, fair, fair point fair point um, just briefly before we before we got into predictions just in a kind of another minute or so if you could Ross it's a massive month for Jack Ross isn't it I mean I know it, two years two years I think today or yesterday since he's been in charge and you know what he has taken Hibs to from where they were two years ago to now I mean, the ex, I suppose what's been with Edinburgh City, the expectation now is the Hibs to be pushing, especially how Celtic were getting on at the start of the season, to try and split the old farmer to certainly be cementing down that third place. So if anything, it's kind of Jack Ross's own fault in a way that he's because the expectations are about getting to the cup finals and finishing third and the progress that was made. This is a massive, massive month for him. I look at the fixtures coming up, Rangers in the cup, then it's Ross County in the league, St Johnston. Rangers again, Motherwell, Livingston, St Mirren, Dundee. That kind of stretch of games, the kind of Dundee... Small, small derby coming after January. And of course there is, but the likes of Dundee, the Dundee game, the St Mirren game, the Livingston game, Motherwell. Winnable games. Mass- Should be winnable. But they're Should massive, be. aren't they? They're massive games. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think I think I, I saw something that Hibs tweeted out last week. It's been two years since Jack Ross came in or something like that. I don't know why clubs do this because if, if the club aren't playing the best of form at the moment, aye, you just get fans on the it. back of it. Aye, it's honestly the amount of stuff that I, I was pissing myself off and reading them because yeah. you're thinking, geez, that actually doesn't make very good reading. But mm. aye, it's massive. This is a massive month for him coming up with the fixtures. He needs to get fans back on side. I think there's still a lot of them that still don't feel he was the right appointment at time. He's not really done much, and I don't think there's there's been much kind of voice on his court to be to be honest. So we'll see see what happens. I think if you get obviously Sunday's a massive one. If you get that that one out of the way, that's a massive weight off his shoulders. I think considering the circumstances that have been in and everything, to get that, it's a massive weight off his shoulders. But if you lose that, all it does is makes matters worse for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you think right. you think I would go? And by the way, I just want one last thing. I think if we just have a, a, a obviously Bertie Old passed away, yeah. uh, ex Hibs player and manager as well. So, yes, to another, all of another. all the olds as well. Yeah. 
another another kind of Scottish legend that that's sadly sadly yeah, uh, definitely. Sadly he's a funny guy. I've heard a few of his jokes and stuff like that from yeah, sports and, like dinners and stuff like that. So sound like yeah. a guy, albeit, albeit who he played for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not two clubs that not on top of your Christmas uh, Christmas no, list. Definitely not. But no, that's by all accounts. Uh, absolute absolute Scottish Scottish uh, legend and a and uh, yeah, our best wishes to, to his to his family, of course. Okay. Uh, predictions, let's just fly it. I'm not sure the time because it's uh, the way this works, but uh, we'll get to it. Let's go. Motherwell versus Hearts. Uh, 3 1 Hearts, 1 0. I'll go 1 0 Hearts. Rangers, Hibs. Rangers, 3 0. Mm, I'll go for 2 0 Rangers. Uh, Stilling Albion, Embra City. Desmond, I'm going for. I'll go 2-1 still on Albion. Uh, Haddington against Spartans. Uh, 3-1 Spartans win. Yeah, I'll go 3-1 Spartans as well. 3 Percy Civil. Civil 4-0. I'll go for 3-1 Civil. And Vale of Leven against Ember Uni. So the Uni be the bad boys. Um, I'm going... <laughs> 2 0 uni with Vale to have a man say no. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be after today. Uh, I'll just go for a random 3 2 to Edinburgh uni. There we are. Okay, thanks for listening. Get your predictions in. And that was your Edinburgh Football Podcast.